you're actually going to tell me about my own feelings. You're going to tell me how I'm feeling. So I thought it was interesting that somebody else reading this and analyzing it said, pay attention to the fact that he doesn't talk about his feelings. So if someone was really doing something that bothered you, and maybe they did overstep a boundary and not intentionally so, you very often would say, you know, I just want you to know how it made me feel. Or I want you to know how I felt when you did X, Y, Z. And therapists will give you the right language so it doesn't feel like you're being accusatory. But the point of it is, you don't really get to hear about his feelings because he's so busy telling her about her. Welcome to Divorce is Not a Destination. I'm Dr. Lisa Summerauer, a breakup and divorce strategist. If you've experienced a breakup or a divorce, you already know how stressful it can be. But here's the thing, divorce isn't the end of your story. It's a new beginning starting from where you are right now. So join me for a unique blend of humor and straight talk as we navigate the ups and downs, drama and trauma, and emotional roller coaster ride experienced when a relationship ends. You won't be alone. I'll introduce you to guests who share their experiences and success stories. Come here for actionable tips, tools, and strategies that empower you to move forward. Whether you need healing, guidance, or a fresh perspective, I'm here to remind you, it's your life, your journey. Here on Divorce Is Not A Destination. Good evening, good evening. Let me get the screen set up. I'm gonna do one other thing because I just realized I'm in a place that's getting hotter by the minute and I did not have the heat on. I mean the air on, so glad I did that. Hey there, Mom, good to see you. I see, I don't know if I know Jennifer or if Jennifer, you're here on Fireside or if you're someone I know. So if you see the little thing down at the bottom that says type a message, type in and let me know if I know you from somewhere because I know a couple of Jennifers. But I, I'm happy to be here. I'm in a new location. If you guys see the background, it is not a fake backdrop. Uh, I actually do have this picture as a fake backdrop or as a backdrop on my screensaver uh, that I use on Zoom, but I am actually in uh, downtown Chicago right now with a really great view. And I, it, you, I can't tell you what I had to do to get the light right so that I didn't look blacked out because of the backlight. Anyway, so I am Dr. Lisa Summer Hour, and I wanna welcome you to Divorce Is Not a Destination. Divorce Is Not a Destination. Tonight, I'm gonna be talking about boundaries and I'm doing it from text messages that were sent between actor Jonah Hill and his ex-girlfriend, Sarah Brady, who is a model and a surfer, a surfing instructor. And about a month or so ago, maybe it hasn't even been a month, their text messages were everywhere. I mean, I Newsweek posted information. It may even have been on news on, on the internet, on CNN, but newspapers were talking about it. Magazines were talking about it talk shows we're talking about it and i am going to share some of the comments just so we have the context for this conversation around boundaries because i tried to read i've read through pretty much all of their messages but i'll tell you at some point it felt like voyeurism you know you just feel like you are or i felt like i was in somebody's conversation about their relationship that i just should not have been in and if you think about some of the conversations that you might have with a significant other and the text exchange that you might have or 
um, even emails or a conversation that you had that was just between the two of you. And then imagine that being blasted all over the world, basically, because once it gets on the internet, it's on, it's, it's out here forever and ever and ever, and it's everywhere. And, and that was, it, I felt like I was reading, reading something that was supposed to have been private. So that's even part of this conversation around boundaries. Um, some of what I read from therapists, from uh, other talk shows, from, from people who were trying to analyze this and just regular folks who get on these threads and want to comment on everything that they see. You know, people pick sides. And initially, because one of the things that she wrote at the very top when she initially posted it said, this is a warning. Hey, Evie. She said, this is a warning to all girls. If your partner is talking to you like this, referring to these, this thread from her and Jonah, if your partner is talking to you like this, make an exit plan. Call me if you need an ear. And this was kind of how she started posting it. And for those of you who haven't, the reason I'm going to read a little bit of it is because for those of you who haven't looked this up on the internet and haven't read it, you might not have an idea of what I'm talking about with this, this conversation, this text thread between the actor Jonah Hill and his ex-girlfriend, surfing instructor and, and model, Sarah Brady. And so I will read some of it. And then I want to talk about the different types of boundaries, why we set boundaries in the first place. And at one point, you know, I'm a woman, so I'm always cheering for women, nothing against men, but you know, I'm cheering for the women. And so I'm looking at things from the perspective that I relate to, which is from a female perspective. And there were definitely things, honest, there were also things in her communication that I found troubling. And so I, I wanna I wanna get into a conversation with you and I'm reading, you're not getting smoke out yet from Canada. No. Hi, Jennifer. So you're in Canada. Awesome. I am not getting it right now. I'm in Chicago and I don't, I haven't smelled it. I walked around the lake the other, around the lake. I walked part of the lake a couple days ago, but I do know friends in New York and areas further east were getting it a, a month or so ago, a while ago. And then I'm in Southern California normally, so we weren't getting any of the smoke. But thank you for uh, thank you for checking on checking us for that. Hey, Wanda. So let me do this. Let me let me read an excerpt from the two of them, and then I'll get into the conversation. And I really want you to, if you've never been on here before. Look for the three dots over at the right and ask to either get on the mic to speak or if you're camera ready, feel free to ask if you can be on video. I love it when people get on video. It hasn't happened in a while. And then you want to look for not the microphone with the stand, but the little stubby microphone. That's how you'll unmute to talk. So let me pull this up and I want to read. Oh, bear with me here, folks, because like I said, it might feel a little voyeuristic. Uh, that were in this. So Sarah wrote, she starts off with, I'm sorry I said that. I had a couple of beers and I'm just upset feeling like we can't do surf social, surf social, remember she's a surfer, surf social things without an uncomfortable situation arising that usually feels like it's my fault somehow. I feel you pull away and then the feeling of, of being defective creeps in. I think I'm not socially intelligent enough to meet your needs as a partner. And then I get frustrated and angry at myself. And I just want to rip the, want you to rip the bandaid off and, 
um, if I'm not good enough for you, if I'm not good enough for you. So she's saying, if it, it, just get it over with, if I'm not good enough for you. So you hear her insecurities kicking in already with this thing. She said, in moments of conflict, my brain thinks you want to dump me because I'm not good enough for you. And you're the goat greatest of all time. And you can do better. And you will, imme you will immediately want you in things with me. Then he responds to her. You're right, we can't do surf social things or develop trust until you consider me and make my decisions and make decisions that give regard to our relationship. I have been vulnerable as possible and I'm telling you, I'm needing you to step up to the plate, which you can, I'm sure of it. But those these losers don't get your time if you want me. Straight up, it's consideration. I respect your love of surfing, but I respect myself as well. And your love of surfing and being in those situations and lack of awareness and not mutually exclusive, this isn't me. I have my own issues that I own. If you want marriage and a family, you can't use the 25 card. She's 25 years old, so he's talking about her age. You can't use that. Step up and cut the shit. These people don't get your time or ki your kindness at the sacrifice of mine. So that is just one exchange that the two of them have in this pretty lengthy text set of text messages. So what she did is she went back. They had already broken up. He was He's actually in another relationship with a woman who's had his baby. I don't think they're married, but he, he's a, he's a new, fairly new dad. She said she waited to post this until after she had the, the woman had the baby because she didn't want to cause her any emotional distress. But she went back over many months and posted, kept posting these excerpts from their conversation. But just from what I just read to you, I would love to get your thoughts on what you heard. And I'm going to just give you some tidbits of some other things. So some of the other things that he talked about was he didn't want her showing herself. He said in thongs, but everything wasn't a thong. It's swimsuits. She's a surfer. She's wearing swimsuits, probably bikinis. Um, and he didn't like that. So he was telling her what he wanted her to wear. Let me, I'll, I'll, I see Evie here. Let me get a, get a few more things in here. He was telling her about what he wanted her to wear. Um, he even questioned her friendships later on, her friendships with women, because he said those women are unstable and they're from your recent past. Like if you're just gonna go to lunch and have coffee or something, that would be respectful. Evie, what do you think? This is riled up already. Well, I hear okay, you're on. Let some me see if we can hear you. I hear some there similarities. Um, I remember, <laughs> I mean, it's the same soup, but just in a different bowl. I'm just... <laughs> mm -hmm. All I'm hearing is you, you, yeah. you, yeah. you, you need to do this. You need to... And I've learned from my experience... When they're saying that, they're talking about themselves. They're not talking about mm. you. They're talking mm. about themselves. He is the weak one. Interesting. Oh yeah, I, I learned because mine. Okay, so that's what you're talking about. So you're 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 picking up his insecurities coming out, and I'll tell you if you if and I'm not. You could go through and read this thing. I've read through enough of it to pick up on certain things, and there is an area where. 
Um, you know, he, he, he's been in therapy. Matter of fact, you can find, I believe it's on Netflix. He did a special Netflix show with him and his therapist, which was really interesting that, that he did that. One of the articles that I read was, um, Evie, thank you for that, by the way, because I, I want people to think about that. So, so I'm just going to mute you right now, but stay there. <laughs> um, a lot of times when you hear, just like Evie was saying, when you hear things like that, you're hearing somebody else's insecurities to come up. And I do believe that that is actually one of the bits of the conversation that comes up. But I was reading from another therapist who was asked to analyze this. And what he looked at was, he said, I can't do therapy outside of my therapy session. And so to even have this show on where you reveal all of this stuff with your therapist, he said, for me, it's no longer therapy. Therapy has a confidentiality about it that you're going to lose once you make this thing public. It's not like it was a therapy session where there was a hidden camera. It was him having this whole conversation and it was about his therapist uh, life as well. So that, that, but that whole piece about he's talking to her, but it's, it's his insecurities that he's really speaking to without speaking about himself is what you're saying. And um, somebody else noted, if you really read through this thing, you will hear, and you pointed it out just now, um, you'll hear you, 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 the things that you're doing. You need to do this. If you respect me, if you respect this relationship, I've worked on myself already. And I, you know, I have to have these boundaries. What you don't really hear much of, if at all, is anything about how he actually feels. There's actually a point in his communication where he tells her how she's feeling and she actually says, wow, you're actually gonna tell me about my own feelings. You're gonna tell me how I'm feeling. So I thought it was interesting that somebody else reading this and analyzing it said, pay attention to the fact that he doesn't talk about his feelings. So if someone was really doing something that bothered you and maybe they did overstep a boundary and not intentionally so, you very often would say, you know, I just want you to know how it made me feel or I want you to know how I felt when you did X, Y, Z. And therapists will give you the right language so it doesn't feel like you're being accusatory. But the point of it is you don't really get to hear about his feelings because he's so busy telling her about her. So when you talk about boundaries, it's like, first of all, you know, what are, what are boundaries? What, what, what ex exactly what are boundaries? When we talk about personal boundaries. So if you're in a relationship, setting a boundary is the limits and rules that we set for ourselves within a relationship. And the key here is you set boundaries for yourself. You can't set a boundary for somebody else. And that was one of the things, Evie, that I picked up on in his He's got all of these boundaries, but they're for her. He's telling her about his boundaries. And when we hear that, if people pick up on that, if somebody's not paying attention, they think, oh, I'm gonna set a boundary that causes you to have to change your life. So because I don't like you wearing a swimsuit when you're surfing, I need you to wear something else. Because I don't want you associating with men when you're surfing I need you to stop doing that. There is actually a piece in here where she's instructed, and I don't remember if he said it or he said that her, his therapist recommended that. 
if she's surfing and she gets close to men, she's to just turn around and leave them or let them know, I, you know, I, I got to get back over here to my boyfriend kind of thing. So all of these boundaries that, that are mentioned from his perspective are things that he wants her to do to make him feel good. So he is actually making her somehow responsible for adhering to his boundaries. And they're impacting, they're, they're going to impact her life because she was a surfer when he met her. There, there was nothing that she was doing differently from when they met. So, you know, a person who, you know, when you look at boundaries, there's three different things. You can have a rigid boundary, you can have a porous boundary, or you can have what they call a healthy boundary. Obviously, we want to aim for healthy boundaries. So rigid boundaries. Let me give you a list of what would be considered um, a, a rigid boundary, a, a set of rigid boundaries. And I've, I've got them here. I'm going to look at them on my phone. So rigid boundaries would be you avoid intimacy uh, and close relationships. Just avoid them completely or, or get really close to avoiding them completely. You're unlikely to ask for any help. You don't have a lot of close friends. You have very few close friends. You are very protective of personal information, um, may seem to be detached and even, even detached from a romantic partner. So, you know, when we were talking about attachment styles, that avoidant attachment style, that's that detachment. You keep others at a distance so that you can avoid being rejected. So it's keeping folks at a distance and that's kind of your way of protecting yourself. So those would all be considered rigid boundaries. Porous boundaries are complete opposite of that. They are, are when you have somebody that lets people, they get a little too overly involved in other people's stuff. That would be somebody with a porous boundary. They're kind of in your space. So they might overshare uh, personal information. You know, <laughs> you're talking to somebody and you're like TMI all the time, TMI. That's the porous boundary person. They have a difficulty saying no when people make requests of them. So the excessive people pleasers, um, over involved with other people's problems. They are in the middle of everybody else's stuff, even if they don't have anything to do with it. And even if they aren't able to help resolve it, they might not even be trying to resolve it. They're just in the midst of it. They depend a lot on the opinions of other people. So that, that being in the midst of other people's stuff, they want other people mixed up in their stuff too. So they're oversharing and they're always, what do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? Well, what do you think about that? Well, I, I don't know. I just don't know. What do you think I should do? They're accepting of abuse and disrespect. This one's a little challenging for me because most people aren't intentionally accepting abuse. You kind of get groomed and programmed for it until you're not even aware sometimes that it is abuse or you're too afraid or paralyzed to do anything about it. But still under the porous boundary is accepting abuse or disrespect. And then fear of rejection. Fear of rejection if they don't comply with what the other person is doing. Now, healthy boundaries, healthy boundaries. You value your own opinion. And it doesn't mean you might not ask for the opinion of other people, but you value yours. You can take theirs into consideration and you don't weigh theirs any more, more importantly than yours just because it's somebody else's. You don't compromise your values. So you have those internal boundaries set and that is your guiding post. That's your mission statement. That's your vision for yourself. Your values are important and you don't lose sight of those in the midst of other people's stuff. Um, Jennifer, we're talking about healthy boundaries right now. You can share personal information in an appropriate way. So you don't cross over into the TMI 
and you're not the only person in the room that's not talking because you don't want to share uh, because you don't get let people get in your business so you don't even have a conversation needs and you can communicate them so it's not just being aware of what you want and what you need because we probably all know people who have needs and wants but they don't communicate them and it creates a whole nother set of problems so if you have a health if you have health, healthy boundaries you know what your needs and your wants are and you're able to communicate them and you can accept when other people say no. So you can probably imagine if you are a person that has a problem here uh, um, saying no, you very likely have a problem hearing no because you don't have any boundaries for yourself. You may struggle with respecting and honoring other people's boundaries. So just talked about what are personal boundaries and gave you some examples of rigid boundaries, porous boundaries, and then some healthy boundaries. And most people have a mix. Most people have a mix. And this I thought was interesting, but it sounded really familiar and it made sense. So you probably know some folks who at work, they are, they are, they stay in their lane. They've got strong boundaries set. You know what their, what their rules are. They understand expectations and they are straight and arrow. You love working with these people because it's cut and dry, easy peasy. But in their personal life, boundaries nowhere at all. I, Mom, I just thought of somebody, we will not mention a name, uh, but I just thought of somebody that I'm not mentioning a name. We'll talk about it later. Um, at work, they get everything done. In their personal life, clueless when it comes to boundaries. You're almost, you almost look at this person like you can't believe it's the same individual, that they could be this sharp and on point in one part of their life. So this is the thing where it says mixed boundary types, that a lot of people have really healthy boundaries in one area of their life, porous boundaries when it comes to relationships, and family could be a whole nother mixed bag, right? And so that's not terribly unusual. So in this conversation uh, with, with Jonah and Sarah, I just thought it was interesting that I was, I, I actually like Jonah Hill as an actor. I, I, right now, I should have written down a bunch of the movies that he was in, but you can look it up. Really phenomenal person to watch on screen, but it's just a, a, a proof to tell us, we think we know people who are in entertainment because we see them in the news or we see them on the screen all the time and this is a really good reminder they are no different than the rest of us they just have a job that causes them to get followed around by cameras and they have a career that puts them in our tvs and in our faces and on movie screens all the time and we believe that because we see them portraying a certain persona or a certain character type that we know them and that's who they are and it's not until we see things like this when we realize they're struggling with the same things, <laughs> they're struggling with the same things that we're struggling with, right? And, and some of them even more so because they may not take the time to work on it. And they are in a field where they're playing characters all the time. So there, there are so many other things that can play into this thing around boundaries. But I'm curious to hear somebody else talk about experiences that they've had with not setting good boundaries or what that looks like when um, when you have when you have finally figured out I need to set some boundaries because I think we've all been there and I, and I think as we get older as we mature especially going through great relationships that's sometimes the only indication that you have that your boundaries are are out of whack 
because you're in a relationship with somebody who just keeps stepping over them or you realize your your boundaries have been lowered your your boundaries it's uh when I, in coaching we look at it like you have a brick wall and you've had boundaries set up and this is your wall and not a not a wall to keep people out but that's your wall with your boundaries and if you're in a relationship with a certain type of person it's just like they nitpick they pull a brick out at a time just a brick at a time and you're not really paying attention and before you know it your boundaries are down here and they're just getting they're just getting stepped on they're, they can just step over the wall now to get and your boundaries are, are demolished and it's usually after a relationship when I'm working with somebody where we go through this process of helping them to rebuild their boundaries to re first of all to reset them because you need to figure out okay what are my boundaries now what are the areas where I feel like things were just out of control and I didn't even have boundaries in that area anymore. So it's about resetting your boundaries and then supporting them and, and standing, standing by them, right? So talk to me about a time in your life when you can remember thinking either I need to get my boundaries back in order because they've kind of been dissolved or because you did have boundaries and you honored them, you were able to make a healthy choice for yourself. One of the one of the reasons this communication stood out for me is because his boundaries were about her. And your boundaries are not for somebody else to uh, it, they shouldn't be changing somebody else's life. So if somebody is giving you boundaries that are like, well, you shouldn't be talking to your sister three times a week. Well, I don't, I don't think you should be going to the movies with your girlfriend every other Saturday. Um, and it could be, the list could go on. I, I can't even tell you how insane, and I know Evie probably has some stories. I can't even tell you how insane the list could be on somebody trying to tell you what you shouldn't do. And then they cover it under the cloak of, well, if you cared about this relationship and if you really love me, you would respect my boundaries. Boundaries should be for you. And so when you set boundaries, the boundary should be things like, even with this, let's use this as an example, because some people thought, how can he tell her not to wear a swimsuit? Maybe he doesn't want his girlfriend wearing a swimsuit. So let's just use that as an example. Let's say he doesn't want his girlfriend wearing thongs. He doesn't want his girlfriend, uh, what were some of his other things, associating with male surfers. You know, he just thought that was just too much. If that was real for him, then he should not date a surfer who wears bathing suits and associates with male surfers. You don't go and meet someone who does those things and then decide to try to change them to fit into your boundaries. Is that making sense? The boundaries are for us to be able to go, this is what I want, this is what I will accept, this is what I won't accept, this is a deal breaker, it's a non-negotiable, and this is where I have some flexibility. And you find somebody who for as, as much as possible can, is already either fitting into those or you have that conversation very early on to see where can we make compromises. Because compromises are fine. It's okay for you to make adjustments to things that are boundaries because again, you don't need to have rigid ones. I read the, what rigid ones look like. They don't need to be rigid, but you need to have some. And so if one of them is, yeah, I, I, I go to the movies with my girlfriends every Saturday night. 
and now I meet someone. And for me, that's my, my girlfriend time. That's me getting away by myself, but I meet somebody. And between work schedules and whatever, Saturday night is the best night for me to spend time with this new person that I just met. So I can say, you know what? Um, I can make a, I can flex here. I can make a compromise. I can adjust and do every other Saturday night with my girlfriend so I can have every other Saturday night with this person that I'm trying to get to know. So when you get into a relationship, obviously you want to look for the opportunity where you can compromise. The compromise just should not feel like a sacrifice that makes you feel like you're diminishing aspects of who you are or your life in order to try to accommodate somebody else's desires or needs or whims or whatever it is. Um, and so you've got to be mindful of that. And so think about compromises that you've made. Think about boundaries that you've set that you've been able to move. Or when you look back and thought, oh my gosh, my boundaries have just basically been, they've eroded here. And I think, I, I want to believe as we get older, we get a little bit better at feeling the difference between you wanting to make a compromise and you feeling manipulated to change who you are to satisfy, as Evie was saying, somebody else's insecurities. Because there is a, a there's just, I want to use the word plethora. Me and my sister April joke about the word plethora. Um, but there's just a list of things in here that at first glance, when I first read them, I thought, wow, this guy is really off the deep end with all of these things. But the reality is there's nothing wrong with him for wanting what he wants. The problem for me that I see is the things that he wants are requiring this woman to change aspects of who she was when he met her. And so he's trying to morph her into this other person that is not who she's been since they've known each other. How are you going to be a surfer and not wear a swimsuit? How are you going to surf with men and women and you're not supposed to even associate with them? So he's going to change how she, how, how she socializes with people that she's been socializing with for a while. Um, some of the other things that were in here that concern me when it comes to boundaries, and I'll flip it and talk about you know her thing. What does it take for somebody to get to a place where they are willing to post all of this information for the general population to read, right? Because she had to, you know, is that a, is that a boundary? Is, have we, has that gone to um, a porous boundary where you are willing to share this much information? Now, obviously, you know, we live in the age of social media and television and everything is out here for everybody to see, hear and listen to. And so to some extent, we're getting conditioned that this is normal. But honestly, this was a lot of information to put out there that you took out of a private chat with just the two of you and then posted it for the world to see. And so does that violate a boundary? Does that violate the confidentiality between the two of you, even if the relationship is over? And I, I'm imagining there were a lot of emotions behind this for her, maybe some anger, uh, frustration, um, maybe even just embarrassment. You know, if you've ever been through that whole experience of feeling like your boundaries were, were shattered or you were mistreated by somebody or you felt mistreated or you look back and realize she says, you know, a few times that, you know, she didn't know if she felt like he felt like. She, 
So she was voicing her own insecurities. And maybe when you look back on that, it's sort of like, wow, I let I let myself get to that place and, and all of that emotion comes out and you just wanna punish this person by putting all of this out here. So that it's sort of your way of, I, I, I would say passive aggressive, but it's really not that passive when when it's all on the internet. So I even looked at that as being another boundary for me that was crossed, that she decided to go this route with all of this publicity. She could have and maybe did go to her own counseling or therapy. Um, she could have had a face-to-face -face with him and had it out with him and let him know how she was feeling. And maybe all of that happened too. Um, I, I guess the benefit, if you could say there's a benefit is, you know, we're having this conversation about it and other people are looking at it and maybe if people are really trying to dissect this for for real um, for a real benefit for themselves, not just to, for the voyeur part of it or just to have something to talk about, is you could sit down with a, a young girl or a young a young boy and say, you know, these are the kinds of things that are are not acceptable. That when you set boundaries for yourself, you don't try to force somebody to align with things that are important to you. And you've heard me say on here before, even when we're talking about, you know, even last week we were talking about um, narcissism. And I, I stress that identifying or trying to identify narcissistic traits in somebody that you're dealing with is not so that you can label them and use that as, oh, this is what was wrong with everything. It was because they were a narcissist. It's so that you can identify some things and decide for yourself, do I want to deal with this? So it's another way of setting a boundary for yourself that I don't care if it's clinically diagnosed or I just looked at these are 10 things that you might see in a narcissist and this person has nine and a half of them. That's all of the information that you need to say, this is not something I choose to deal with. And that's you setting a personal boundary for yourself. I had a, a therapist say to me, if you were gonna stay in this relationship, Lisa, you were gonna have to deal with somebody who was emotionally disconnected, um, wasn't communicative when there's a problem and was gonna avoid any and everything that was gonna possibly emote any kind of emotion because they're just not gonna do it. And that would have been the relationship that would have been what this relationship was about. And I looked at him and said, okay, but you know that I would never live in a relationship like that. And his response to me was, and that is your right to make based on your values. So your values help you create your boundaries as well. What's important to you? If, if you want somebody who can communicate their emotions and you're dating somebody who doesn't do that, you got a couple of choices. You can think that you can change them and uh -uh. continue to butt heads or argue, right? <laughs> I heard you. You can continue to butt heads and think this person's gonna change, or you could do some other crazy stuff that I, and I've been guilty of. I'll just love them so much that they'll change. If I just love them enough, blah, 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 blah. Uh -uh. Mm -mm. Or you can say, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to allow you to do you and be you, and I'm gonna keep this moving because this is not working for me. And you can leave with your chin up, your chest out, your shoulders back, and your brain and mind intact and realize I don't have to make you the, uh, wrong, but this is not right for me. So you can go and be non-communicative and emotionally despondent by yourself or find somebody else who wants to deal with it. And those people are out there.
they're out there. Even you were you were saying you were you were grunting, but I don't know if you wanted to say something. Well, you you had you're you off said, your your mic is open now. Okay, you said the therapist said to you, you know, you you're in this relationship, and then you said, well, you know, I wouldn't be stay in a relationship like that. Did I hear you right? Exactly. But you were Yeah, because yeah, I but, was saying this is this is, you know, you're going to think yeah, it's a, you're you're with a person and now I'm telling you what you're seeing, this is it. Like this this is this is the comfortable space that they live in. They're not ever going to get better uh, without a lot of work um, right. of demonstrating emotion. And and he said, so if you wanted to stay in this relationship, the only way it's going to work is you're going to have to figure out a way to accept and live with that. And I was like, yeah, no. Well, <laughs> I've learned men like that look for women like that. They can't date anybody. She has to be able to love him, be strong, but still do what I say. Yeah, uh, you, my, you you haven't really met my mom. She's on there. She's probably shaking her head to the point she's got a neck ache right now because that's just not. Um, it's not a. It's not in the DNA. Here she comes. Hold on. <laughs> it's not in our genetic makeup. And and, no. and you're right because there are people out there like that. Um, one of the other things that will happen is if you find somebody who's very uh, empathic they will stay with somebody like that longer because, you know, initially it's like, oh, is everything good? Because they don't start off like that typically. They, they right. can give you enough emotion for you to believe that it's, know that it's there. Um, and then you realize as, th as, as things get, excuse me, as problems come up or, or issues arise, you start seeing they don't really have the emotional uh, intelligence to cope with a lot of stuff. And they start shutting down. Mom, what were you? What were you thinking? I was just thinking. Yeah, that that DNA. That's not our family. We have a bunch of women, a very strong mother, grandmother, and um, we just can't do pity too long, and we can't do mothering too long for a grown ass man. Um, and and it's true. Most people like that, men and women. I'm not going to put it all on men, but we're talking about a, a man. Um, don't start off like that. You know, they can be very warm and um, engaging, but that's just part of the act. And then when life gets real, the real them emerges. And that's, um, that's that non-communicative and just aloof often, you know, kind of, kind of person. And we just don't deal with them very well. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is uh, the young lady, I think you mentioned she was 25 years old. So she yeah. really hadn't had a lot of life experience um, in dealing with different types of men. And mm -hmm. I'm, I can only hope that as she gets older, that she can start to figure out what her boundaries are. Right. And um, be able to use that in future relationships. I don't know how old he is. But he certainly has, seems like he has a lot of work to do um, in, in relationship, uh, maintaining a relationship, because I don't know too many mature women that are going to 
stay with that too long. Um, he met a woman who's a surfer, who's in a swimsuit, who has co-ed activities. And then yeah. after in the relationship, he decides he doesn't like any of that. <laughs> yeah, I had, uh, I, I just had to do, a, I did a quick look. He, right now he's 39. So, um, they, yeah, he's yeah, so he might've yeah, been 36, yeah. 37. You know, no, still too old. Whatever when they still were dating, and she was in. Her. So yeah, yeah. so there's a that, that's another. No, thing. You, got to, that, you got that age. No, he's trying age he tra gap. Go ahead, go ahead, Evie. And when there's an age gap like that, yep. When there's an age gap like that, they're trying to raise you. Right, <laughs> right. Well, you know what? And I, and like, <laughs> folks, and I, I'll do my little show disclaimer. We're all speaking our own perspectives and we're not trying to denigrate Jonah or, or, or this right. young woman, we're right. using exactly. them as an example. Exactly. And we can say, yeah. you know, when you have somebody with that kind of an age disparity, we've got folks in families that, and it can, and it's different as you get older. My father used to tell me by the time I was in my mid thirties or forties, he was like, find somebody that's older than you. It's different to have a 10 year age gap at 20 and 30 than it is to have an age gap at 40 and uh, 40, 50, 50 and 60. You know, it doesn't yeah, mean that it can't work. It, it, it depends on the maturity. Because, Mommy, you and Perry had an age gap. You were in your 20s. Yeah, but the my maturity... husband and I were, yeah, he was 11 years older than right. me. I met him when I was 22. Yep. But at 22, I had been married mm -hmm. and I had two children. Mm -hmm. So I had a little more life experience right. and mm -hmm. I had dated in between. Um, but yeah, he was 11, almost 12 years mm -hmm. older than me. And we were together, 40. we were married for 46 yeah. years. So, um, it does depend on your level of maturity, your life experiences. Um, but at some point you got to set some boundaries. Yeah. And, so, and, and, and you get it. My grandmother. Who was that? Evie, go ahead. My grandmother used to say this all the time. I'd rather be an older man's darling than a young man's slave. <laughs> we might have to write okay. that one down. <laughs> Wait, I'd rather be an older man's darling than a young man's Yep, I agree okay. with that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm a, my grandmother used to say, my grandmother used to say it's just as easy to fall in love with a rich man as it is a poor man. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. okay yeah no i mean but the age thing here because i mean he's he's like i said he had a netflix show about his relationship with his therapist and talked about some of the things so he knows or knew you know he had a lot of things that he needed to work on i just thought the dynamics of this relationship were interesting and the age thing i think is a factor you know if you're a 20 something year old and like my mom is saying if you don't have a lot of dating experience um you're you've been out here doing your own thing this you know person who's what 10 12 13 years older than you has a pretty successful career they've got money at some point in here she talks about he talks about all he's done for her so you know it, it's not unusual oh. it's, yeah it's not unusual for the older man to find that younger woman that he can take care of right and that's part of that grooming process. And I'm not saying grooming like he's trying to do anything nefarious, but it's this grooming, like I'm gonna mold you into the person that I want. And so in order and I'm gonna I'm gonna bestow gifts on you and make your life easier and help you with blah 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 blah. 
And if you're young and this is a, it's, hey, look, at my age, it would feel good. I'd like to experience it one time myself. Um, but if you're young and you fall into that, it may take a while. And you can see, Wanda's coming on, you can see in this communication when she got to the point where she, she said to him something like, if this is the person, let me see if I can find it so I can actually read it. Oh, she says this. Well, maybe you should have asked me more about what I do for work before you decided to date me then. Oh, late now. So at, at you know, at some point, she started, oh, wait, wait a minute, hold up. And this is still fairly early in the so it wasn't like some things didn't click for her but you know how it is once you're in the relationship and you got emotions going on in the relationships you know you're kind of you're in as jada smith would call it entanglement thing when you're in there you're you're still thinking we can work through this because you don't really know how um you don't know how bad this is wanda what are you thinking that that was me ah, i was i was there i mean that was me to the point where he would buy clothes, you know, I'd come, come in and it'd be something wonderful, just laid out on the bed and you go, oh, this is so sweet. Until it was like, well, where's the socks I bought you to wear with that dress? Excuse me? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, where's, where's the socks at? No, socks don't go with this dress. Stockings do. No. That's why I bought the socks and laid them out on the bed with the dress, because that's what goes with the dress. <laughs> that is too funny. Yes, yes, yes. yes I know it wasn't no. funny I, then. I but no, 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 no. No, because... I, I, I couldn't... First, and I'll I tell you why... It's really? so interesting to me because I don't know that Wanda, right? No. So we have all been 20, right? And, no. 19, mm -hmm. and it's like, mm -hmm. if you had met that person at 20, how long would it have taken you to catch? And how many people did we know that didn't catch it? Oh, my God. They I didn't don't catch know, it. But I'm glad I did. And that's when, you know, yeah, that's when your eyes start to get big and you think, what in the world is going right. on? Why did he buy why? me socks to go with this dress? It, yes. And why would he think I'd wear it? Mm -hmm. Why would he think that I'm not capable of picking out my own clothes mm -hmm. and wearing what I want? Yeah. That just, it just didn't. But then, yeah. Yeah. So when you said, why did she, why did she post mm -hmm. it? Yeah. I could actually see that. Mm hmm I could actually see that it could have been, it could, it doesn't have to be about her at all. It could just be about him and the next person that he's with. Yeah, well, she, and for someone else to know. She started off with a warning. She said, she literally said, this is a warning to all girls. If your partner is talking to you like this, um, make an exit plan. Call me if you need an ear. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, so she did put that in there. Now, you know, at 25, yeah. at 25, there are things that I've done that I did that I probably wouldn't do now. Not that yes. I wouldn't think of, not mm -hmm. that I wouldn't think about it. Cause you know, that little devil on one shoulder and the angel yes. on the other was like, you know yes. what? I tell you what I'm going to do this time. <laughs> <laughs> but, but now I think it's less about, 
It's less about I'll show you, and it's more about that's not how I want to show up. Yeah. That's not how I want to show I'll tell you yeah. what I need to tell you. If I need to get a message to mm-hmm. you, I'll get it to you directly. Um, but I don't know. Now, I, you know, I tell people on any given day, <laughs> on any given day, yeah. the right person with the wrong situation could do whatever it is that makes yeah. sense in that little moment that it takes to hit that, hit that send button. Especially now in the day of social media, you know, before you had to write a letter, mm-hmm. <laughs> or you you had to mail something and get a stamp. You had to go buy yep. a stamp. You had to get. You had to take it yep. to the post office. But <laughs> in the, back in the day, by the time you got through all that, you could have calmed down enough. But now, yes. oh my gosh, you could type. You don't even need to type an email. You can go on your TikTok, your Twitter, your Instagram. And you can do all of them at once. And get back. After, by the time you go, it's already been copied and sent out so many times that you're just like, ooh, I'm going to have to live with this one. But, yes. I, you know, at 25 years old, this is the world that she has known for communication. She's been, she's been on social media forever. And this made sense to her. And, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. Yes. But at the same time, these are signs or, or indications that we all can be more careful. He's having this yes. exchange with her, and I'm sure he's never thinking this is going to make the light of day. Um, but at the same time, maybe it is going to have one little teenage girl out here going, Bobby just bought me a dress with some socks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that don't make no sense that he wants me to wear this dress with these socks. And I mean, I can think of situations even, you know, if you fast forward when you got into dating and you're, you're a little older and then you hear something and it's like, okay, the first time, I don't think this was as crazy, but then maybe the second time or the third time you're like, okay, wait a minute. This is kind of, there are different things happening on repeat where you feel like you're being tested. And mm-hmm. then you start going, okay, wait a minute, we didn't change there's a pattern developing here that I need to address. We're not going to do this. We're, I'm not, this is, this is me setting my boundary. I'm not going to do this with you. And I think that's the, that's the goal for me. If, you know, for, for folks listening, it's knowing what your boundaries are. It's having your, your values intact. It's knowing what's important to you. What are your deal breakers? Um, what are the things that you either must have in your relationship? These are good things to write down. If you are, are not dating anyone right now, or even if you are, what are the things that you really want from a partner? And what are the things that are definitely off? They're just things that you are not going to do, um, that you're not willing to compromise at all on. And then somewhere in the middle are the things that you can have these conversations about where compromise exists. But if you can be really clear about your your desires, your wants, your must-haves, you're not going to deal with and can communicate those things. It will make things a lot easier when you start hearing somebody telling you stuff that's outside of what you've already shared you don't, you want. Um, Because that's a sign of, you know, Oprah used to say, when people want to try to change your no to a yes, that's manipulation right there. When you say no and the person doesn't want to hear it, you now stepped across into manipulation. And you got to ask yourself, why, why are they trying to manipulate me? And what are they trying to manipulate me to do? But that dress and them socks, I wish you had a picture. 
<laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same thing. I wish I could see that. What, just, tell us, just tell us what color the dress was and what color were those socks. Oh my god, the dress was like it had peach and and uh beige in it, or yeah, peach and like a beige color. And he knew I like argyle socks, right? Mm. <laughs> but not with that dress. <laughs> wait, uh, so, wait a minute, you had a, you had a peach argyle and beige socks. dress and some argyle socks. Yes. Now I think I would not lie to you. I think that the guy just didn't have fashion sense. He <laughs> oh, knew he no, knew what you liked, and yeah. he got what you liked. <laughs> no, no, and, no. And thought, no she just put them together. Right. Said, if you just put them together, it'll work. It'll it'll work. No, right. according to, no, according to him, I mean, he was he he was stylish, so at least he thought. But, uh-huh. but he, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Buff will. Will talking. About, you talking about Buff? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. That's funny. But um, yeah, that's 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 what he wanted, and uh, needless to say, it didn't happen. And that causes caused a very big argument, right? Because <laughs> I wasn't wearing those, and I can't I can't do the argyle socks with this dress. I just can't make this work. No, yeah. socks. Period. No, it's you know. It, but thank you, thank you for sharing. That. And and it is funny. Uh, you you have told me this before, and it's still funny as I'll get out now. But but these are the things that people can listen for when you're in. <laughs> relationship you're just thinking okay this is odd this is odd and and Mm -hmm. i think the other telltale sign is when you say no and the argument is because another list of is when somebody doesn't accept your no as a no so i can appreciate i want to share one more go ahead go ahead mom one more one more thing uh, Lisa had a young man tell her that she was too happy. Was it too happy? Yeah, I was too. Um, I was too. What was it? It was. It was. I was too damn happy. Yeah, you were too damn happy. <laughs> yeah, I, again, I, I have I, actually heard that. Yeah, from that same person told me I smile too much. I smile at everybody. Right. Well, I, I, I smile too much, and everybody isn't. Supposed to get a smile. Mm. <laughs> well, oh. I've been told that I'm too friendly. Yeah, you, know, yep. yeah, you talk yeah. to everybody. Right, I talk yep. to everybody, and sometimes men take that the wrong way. And my <laughs> thing is, that's their right. problem. That's the it's, not, it's their problem, and apparently, it might be yours if you're taking it. Yes, yeah. right. <laughs> and, and so this is this is interesting. Is I mean, who would? Have, and that's that's three of us on here. That's three of us on here. Right. Too happy, smile mm-hmm. too much, too friendly. Mm-hmm. Right. If your value, yeah. if one of your values is being friendly and living with joy and being personable and communicative, mm-hmm. and you get with someone who says, "Well, you know, I got boundaries, and I, I want you to be able to respect <laughs> my boundaries." And one of my boundaries is, I need you to frown more when you do what I mentioned. No, that then you should frown more when you're around men because that sounds like a boundary that you can control. Because your boundary right. is now infringing on my ability to live out my values. 
<laughs> so this is you no know, one other thing. One other thing that I should have, but, but like you said, I was so young. Uh, it was it was almost like I couldn't walk on my own. If I was walking down the street with him, mm-hmm. I, he always had to hold my hand, and I can't stand that. <laughs> I'll, you know, me and Will will hold hands once in a while, but this is all day, every day. No, I actually, I, and my thing was, I said to him one time, you know, I really have been walking since I was about two years old. <laughs> that caused the argument. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you, there are people that will hear this and be like, well, I don't know what the problem is. She should be okay with him. It's something she doesn't like. It is really that <laughs> simple. Probably We're all different. Some probably people want to sit on the sofa. Some people want to sit on the sofa while they're watching television and hold hands. And that's awesome for them. Other people, mm-hmm. I can hold your hand for a little while. But now we're walking and it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable for me. You need to be able to voice what works for you. And the key is going to be if you're with somebody that can't respect some little idiosyncrasies. My mother used to tell me the big problems are not what break people up. It's the little That's everyday things. Yeah. That's just people, people, you know, people, somebody, can, you know, what is it? Something like 75, 80% of women or more don't leave after he has an affair. It's a little lower for men. Men don't have, they don't have the same grace and tolerance that we have. For, for, so there's a little, little bit lower, but that's not one of the things. It's the stuff that happens every single day that just grates on your nerves. Now I can tell you one of mine is, stop making the bed. <laughs> you know, I grew up in a house where my the Marine Corps, the United States Army, and then he was a police officer. I learned to make my bed. I played a game. I could make my bed before my feet hit the ground. I could be on the bed and completely make the I made a game out of it. So I grew up, and I'm one of those people I do believe you make your bed. That's your first win every morning. So if I'm with you and I've seen you, first of all, if I'm with you and I realize you never make the bed, we're probably not going to really get into anything because that, to me, is going to trigger He's just not me. He just doesn't care about how his space looks. And if you say things to me like, well, nobody's going to see the bedroom. I, I see the bedroom. Oh, so right, so exactly. you got to know what your yeah. little idiosyncrasies are that are going to be a problem. The toilet seat up is a problem, but I can put the, the, that one doesn't bother me as much as the bed. So everybody's got their thing. And it, it really is those day-to-day things when you're around spending at a time with them where you start realizing this is the problem for me because especially if they were doing it because they knew it was important to you and then all of a sudden they stopped doing it and then they want to gaslight you and tell you well I never made my bed when we were dating oh hunty please let me just tell you that I took a picture of your bed one day that you made your bed so yeah you make your bed and then it stops so it's the hand holding it's a real thing the bed I can you with my parents when I was young. My dad was, this should be watched before you go to bed. My mom could care less. Her response to that was, I can't. She'll go wash the dishes. And so 
you you got and, and so you come together with somebody and figure out what are your idiosyncrasies, what are your boundaries, what are the things that you like and don't like, and then you figure, okay, I know I'm with somebody who likes to wash that night. And you go, you know what? I can make a compromise. Let me make sure that some nights I go ahead and do the dishes. Because is that not going to be a big problem? You like the bed made? I'm going to make sure the bed, if I get up after you and I know you like the bed made, I'm going to get up and make the bed so that when you come back upstairs and for you to go to bed, it looks like I cared enough to do that. It's all of its little stuff until it becomes big stuff. This woman is wearing a bathing suit. Yeah, this woman is on the beach surfing with a bathing suit on, which is appropriate attire for surfing. I've never done it, but I've seen pictures and video. And all of a sudden, you meet a woman who teaches surfing. You've admired her surfing. You've seen her in swimsuits with all of these people surfing. And now you get further down the road and all of that's a problem. crazy. <laughs> yeah, it could be crazy making stuff if you let it, but I want to thank Evie. Yeah. Thank you for joining us again tonight. Hey, Nadine, I see you in here. And Wanda and Mom, thank you for, for sharing, because I'm always convinced it's going to bless somebody. Somebody will turn this on one night and a replay and be sitting by themselves thinking, I thought I was losing my, my mind because I am not wearing <laughs> I, I'm not wearing them saddle shoes and them argyle socks with that dress. And now I know <laughs> And now I know I'm not crazy. And and, it, and it's not, you know, it's like one time you can kind of go. But if you're seeing a pattern of somebody that seems to be moving the goalpost on you and setting boundaries for you that they're telling you, but if you love me, you would change who you are. That's when you got to start paying attention and realize I don't, I don't want to change who I am like that. That's not that's not going to work for me. And you get to reestablish some boundaries and that boundary may involve you not being in that person's life. I'm not even going to say them not being in your life. I'm going to say you not being in their life because I want you to own what you need to do to remove yourself from that situation and make a change for yourself. So I want to thank everybody for being with me tonight. Um, you get another little view of, of downtown Chicago. I'm overlooking Grant Park tonight. And uh, I'll see you back here next Thursday when I should be, I think, back in my office at home. So everybody have a great weekend. Bye. Thank you for listening to Divorce Is Not A Destination. Please recommend the show to friends and family. You can join my live audience and see upcoming shows by registering for access at firesidechat.com forward slash Lisa Summer Hour. Connect with me on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at Divorce Is Not A Destination. And catch replays here on Fireside, my YouTube channel, or your favorite streaming service. Until next time, remember, I'm here to help you get unstuck gain confidence and thrive beyond your breakup or divorce because divorce is not a destination.